You are listening to Mosaic's Midweek Podcast. Through a series of personal reflections and stories, we share how the kingdom of God is breaking into our hearts and our city as it is in heaven. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, this is Wes Mills and you are listening to the Mosaic Midweek Podcast for Wednesday, August the 25th. And for today's podcast, Zaru Fitzum joins me. Zaru, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, this past week we entered into talking through communion and this podcast is going to be one where we talk through some of the practical uh, handles related to some of the theological truths we're discussing related to the Lord's Supper. Uh, so for this episode, I just want us to take a step back and look at the 20,000 foot view and ask just a few simple questions. And the first one is just this, Zeru, how have you practiced the Lord's Supper? Yeah, uh, growing up, I've been to about three different churches for long periods of time, and they were all similar. Uh, Either before COVID, the plate was passed in the aisles and whatnot, and the pastor would read a couple passages from first Corinthians or from Matthew. And at a specific time, he would raise up the elements and say, let's partake now. But it was uh, meant to facilitate a time of the personal reflection type of uh, gatherings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Take a couple times to think about it, pray about it, uh, do your best to discern what eating of the bread and drinking of the grape juice or wine consists of and we go from there yeah yep ah mine was the same in fact the church i grew up in we probably did it on a quarterly basis Mm -hmm. uh so once every three or four months and then more recently it's been practiced on a you know twice a month basis Mm -hmm. so a little more regular a little more rhythmic um which i think is a good a good practice to do it more consistently Mm -hmm. than than quarterly for sure uh, we're going to be pro- probing deeper uh, into the Lord's Supper, both theologically and practically. Uh, but that does not mean that we should throw out some of the good that has come from previous ways of practicing it. So can you describe a moment or moments when the Lord's Supper has impacted you the most? Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a specific moment that comes to mind is when I was in Arkansas, uh, at a Maundy Thursday service. I've never heard of Maundy Thursday before since before that time. And friends took me uh, to this church service. And what was pretty impactful, I hadn't seen it this way, was uh, the pastor would have us come to the front and tear bread from, uh, uh, from uh, a loaf and dip it into the wine. And what he's trying to communicate to us as he's explaining is the fleshiness of communion of the Lord's Supper as we're literally seeing the bread being torn. It's not only meant to like remind us of something happened, but it's meant to demonstrate in a particular fashion in a very minuscule way. It's not comparative to actual, his actual body being torn, but to show us this is the union we have Mm -hmm. with God because of Jesus. Uh, Maundy Thursday though, it, it was a pretty like, mournful moment because it's like in the garden the night before the supper and all these things to reflect on what good friday and uh the upcoming easter would look like but that was impactful for me to see a demonstration that was already prepared for you in a couple 
packets of cups mm. uh, that being able to partake in that was pretty impactful for me. It, it helped shape my reflection a little more deeper, but it helped me show it was much more than a, just about that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the, the visual tearing of the bread yeah. uh, feels even different than the, the cracker that we typically pick from the plate. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the moments that has impacted me the most was actually part of a communion service, but I was not taking communion. So this was, we were in Florence, Italy. Uh, we went to a cathedral called the Duomo, which is this massive dome, um, beautiful, beautiful cathedral, Catholic cathedral. And we went to mass mm-hmm. and communion was, was administered. The elements were administered and we were not, we're not Catholic. And so we were not allowed to take of those elements, but I just saw, I mean, the, the place was filled hundreds of people and there was just a mass really um, no pun intended uh, a mass line yeah. uh, of folks lining up and a lot of them were tourists and and people who would just come to to check it out but talking with some of our friends who were italian and giving us some cultural context of the religious climate in italy at the time it just made me mourn because i reflected do these people know what they're doing mm. uh do they do they know they're they're, they're taking of, of the bread and cup as a symbolic um, gesture to what Jesus has done, or is it this religious ritual um, that they're just used to doing? And honestly, the, my first thought was, oh my gosh, how dare they? How, how dare they do that? Uh, but then the more I've thought about it, the more it has actually been a unique mirror to myself, which is, do I know what I'm doing? Mm. Uh, do I take it with, with any sort of seriousness? Am I taking it with any, uh, level of sobriety or has it become sort of this rote expectation that in a Sunday service we'll take communion together and then we'll move on. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so it was actually a unique moment for me as I reflected on my own journey of, of is, is this having impact on my own life? Mm. Uh, and, and if so, what is that impact? Um, so that was, that it was funny cause I didn't even take it, but it was such a, a moving thing for us. Skepticism led to introspection. <laughs> yeah, it really did. It really did. Uh, okay. So why is this worth discussing, hmm. um, to you? Yeah. Uh, for several reasons. Uh, but I, I think it keeps us, uh, humble and in step with the church at large. Right. Uh, I, um, had read a book and it was talking about when you're at the table and eating of the Lord's Supper, what is happening is you are sitting at a stretched out table among saints that are not just sitting by you in the present, but who have gone before you in the past and have gone to be with Jesus and those who will come after you eventually to partake in the supper. And it's like a family reunion, if you will, but it's also like a uh, it's not only a reunion, it's a, it's a present affirmation of what will come and what is already here for us, promised to us in the gospel. And so that, that the significance of that hasn't weighed on me heavily until pretty recently. Conversations I've had with people about church history, but just like uh, trying to dig into the grammar of the text, trying to dig into what is the story behind this table, not just a bunch of propositions that we say and we're like, okay, we come to the supper, we eat of the body and drink of the blood of Christ and 
Therefore, it's not just we go on from there. It's like we exist here. And I think it's significant because if we can be a church of people who center ourselves around the promises bestowed upon us, given to us in that meal, and, and the union we have with each other, it will help our familial enjoyment of each other and, and our courage in, in this world as we struggle through things like suffering and whatnot. It, it helps us to be uh, beacons of hope to one another and to the world around us. So I, I think that's pretty uh, significant. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. And I think it's a unique moment uh, or why, why we're discussing it now mm-hmm. uh, because of the unique cultural moment that we're in, uh, both because we're living in a hyper-polarized moment and a hyper-isolated moment. Mm-hmm. So even, or especially, honestly, within the church, there is just a, a polarizing divide, almost a fragmentation that feels like is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the beautiful ways that church practices recalibrating itself, not only around Jesus, but to one another, is this table, mm-hmm. um, is, is, a, is eating together, uh, remembering Jesus, sort of humbling ourselves to one another uh, and to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we get to really practice Romans 15, 7, which is to welcome one another as yes. Christ welcomes us. And so we lose that polarization and we lose kind of the rage and the, the anger and the uh, even just some of the bitterness that we hold when we're sitting across the table from someone yeah. breaking the bread that symbolizes how Jesus has welcomed us in. Uh, and it is difficult, I think, to rage with so much animosity when you're doing that. Uh, so we, we're, we're losing, hopefully losing some of the polarization, but we're also losing some of the isolation when we come together. Uh, and whether it's COVID or just generally speaking, we're living in a hyper-digitized age or digitized age. And therefore, we're losing the sense of community and intimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Lord's Supper is really a moment to gather around the table and remind ourselves that Christianity is not a solo sport, but it is a team sport. Yes. And we need one another. And it requires us to both share and to receive. Yes. And to give of ourselves and to receive of another's giving. And some of us are really great at sharing and not as good at receiving. And some of us are really good at receiving, but we're not as transparent with what God is doing in us. Mm. And so the table allows for that equal giving and receiving, the sharing with one another, uh, which is a really sweet thing. So I'm excited for this upcoming year. I think this is going to challenge us. It's going to grow us. I think it has the power to really mold the person of Jesus into us to become people of of depth and of character and of love and of sound mind uh, and really of joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, this is a table of joy, not a table of sorrow. And if me- if love is the marker and metric of a mature Christian, then we should aim to do that. And the table helps center and ground us in that reality. And That's so really that good. is really the opportunity that lies ahead of us. So anything else you got, Zeru? No, that's really good. That's really good. All right. Well, we will see you next time. Go in peace.